0: Hello and welcome to the P Insights Podcast, conversations about physical education with me, Nathan Walker. Thank you for joining me. You're very, very welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as we delve into another insight around physical education. Hello, welcome back. P Insights Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me Um, just a quick one this is a a midweek bonus episode Um, you would have noticed a couple weeks back I launched two vodcasts and this is the second of the two vodcasts which is a conversation with Sam Moyne. Sam is a former history teacher and the founder of Student Breakthrough and the Educators Coaching Academy. He is on a worthwhile mission to transform mental health support in UK schools not just for children but for school leaders and educators too. Sam shares a very personal story in this episode, but also some real uh, valuable takeaway points for, for anyone who's working in education. So uh, thanks for joining me again, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode.
1: Sam, hi, welcome to the P Insights Podcast. Nathan, so excited to be here, mate. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, I appreciate you coming on. I'm really excited to have a conversation with
1: you today. So let's start, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So, my name's Sam. I'm a history teacher, and also the founder of two companies, Student Breakthrough and the Educators Coaching Academy. And my aim now is to revolutionise mental health support in schools. Mm-hmm. So, how are you doing that? What's what's
0: what does a day to day thing look like for you?
1: Yeah, at the moment it's, the business has changed quite a lot from when I first started. I was, we can get into this in a little bit, but yeah. I started just working with students on one to one with their mental health. Okay, when I was a teacher, and then left. And I primarily I train teachers, but I'm also still at that growth stage of the business. So yeah. while I'm while I'm training, I'm speaking, I'm doing that. I'm still you know making sales, doing the marketing, basically mm. being an entrepreneur uh, and trying to grow the great the great systems that we're building um, to improve the mental health in schools. Yeah, amazing. So how you find how many schools you're working with? Is it
0: you know you're in the growth stage? Are you... Well,
1: I've been going for five years now. Uh, we've yeah. got a great team of five. We've done some work uh, in China, in Cuba. Spain, Portugal, obviously lots of schools in the UK where I'm based, but we just keep testing it and testing it. And that's the most important thing with, well, I think anything in life when you're starting something new, yeah, like yeah. just keep saying yes to those new opportunities. And that's what Richard Branson, I know, mm. said in one of his books, his book is titled Say Yes. Yeah. And it's just about testing and tweaking. And yeah, we we get into a place where people are really receptive to it in different cultures. And, and that's mm. really where we're, we're trying to grow it to amazing tell us a little bit about
0: your educational journey then so you obviously you started somewhere you wanted to become a teacher at at some point
1: yeah I mean I don't know about you Nathan but I never wanted to be a teacher (laughs) (laughs) really I did unfortunately like well not unfortunately because it's it's definitely
0: not led me to where I am now right but um yeah I, I knew early when I was in about I think year nine I knew I wanted to be a involved in teaching of some sort, whether it's coaching sport or teaching physical education. And, and that's the the pathway I followed. So yeah, I, I was, yeah, I fell into that.
1: But yeah, it's right. No, I didn't, <laughs> I literally, I, I literally fell into it. Um, well, you did, so yeah. my, my, my story <laughs> begins with, um, and if you listen to this as well, you probably looked up to someone when you were a little kid, you know, around about the age of, I don't know, 10 years old, let's say it might be a sports coach, a PE teacher, uh, mm. For me, I looked up to my dad. Uh, my dad was, or still well, so is, an inspirational man. Um, mm. He was a Royal Marine Commando. He fought in the Falklands. Super tough guy. And I'm the oldest of three boys. But I was this oldest son that was quite anxious. Got picked on. I had these like clunky Harry Potter glasses that actually said Harry Potter on the side. <laughs> uh, back in the day, it, was, it wasn't a good look. So I didn't really have this confidence that my dad was like, you know, this masculinity that he had, I really kind of wanted that. yeah. And I made the choice, I remember at 10, really early on that I'm gonna be a soldier. That'll make my dad proud of me, that'll make my dad love me, all this stuff, all these fake beliefs that we take on in childhood. Hmm. I rolled with that one. And if you imagine that's your dream from 10, I then achieved that dream in 2012. I was doing the initial test for the army training. I got accepted into the royal anglian regiment and my life was made up yeah i remember getting that letter from the the royal anglians and i finally felt like life was complete and i was on this you know everything had been going towards this this point yeah but then what happened was i didn't really appreciate that life would throw us a curveball it would throw us a challenge a setback Mm. and two weeks after i got accepted i then got diagnosed with a condition called crohn's disease right and the letter from the army was you know, unfortunately, unfortunately failed the medical exam you won't be able to join any of the armed forces and basically that's it and i remember it was 2012 i collapsed onto the floor hmm. in the fetal position and i grabbed my legs into my chest and just cried uncontrollably wow. uh, because this this disease this condition had taken away my dream yeah wow. and it, i was lost for for a, a good it was a, that was the start of this mental health journey which i'm still on but it was this, then this dark cloud that just grew over me, and grew over me. Mm. I got a job, at, I was working a barista at M&S Coffee Shop or something like that. Right. I was serving these old leis, tea cakes, <laughs> and I was thinking, <laughs> there's got to be more to more to this than you know. I was got to be more to life than this. Yeah. And uh, so my dad was a soldier. Guess what? My mom was a teacher. Right. Um, taught primary okay. school and then later went into the nursery school business. So I had that element in me as well. Mm. And uh, for the record, I made a much better teacher than I would have done a soldier, I think. Um, what makes you say that? Because while I like the organization, the leadership that I would imagine, because remember I never made it, I'd imagine what army life would have given me. Mm. Um, I'm actually pretty sensitive and have a lot of empathy, and I'm a big, big caregiver. Again, you could say which are traits, but um, I feel like i was more suited to, to teaching looking um, back. But we don't know.
0: Yeah, we don't know. We, always, don't know, we don't
1: know. No, no, everything's always on the way. Nothing's ever in the way. Yeah, And I firmly believe that Crohn's was meant for me. This part of the journey then shot me into, pun intended, <laughs> into teaching. <laughs> um, and I became a history teacher yeah. back in 2013. 20- the teen, 2014 and I absolutely hated it why history that was my degree okay and I do love history sorry to say people think I, I teach PE maybe because I'm a, <laughs> a young looking guy but no I teach history yeah. I did have a tweed blazer as well <laughs> um but I really hated it and I didn't hate the students I didn't hate the education system I didn't hate history mm. um I hated myself and when you start a new job like that, you've got your childhood trauma with a small T for me, you've got this failure and setback, feeling like a victim, you'll then start teaching as an NQT as was back then. And I just started to crumble. All right. And when I say crumble, I was pinned down by anxiety in my bed. I I couldn't get into school and teach some days. Okay. I became a chronic insomniac. I was having like half an hour's sleep. I was marking history essays at you know, between one to four in the morning. Mm. And then it got to the point in 2015, where I was teaching a group of year 11s and I was in bits inside. You know, the classic like fake smile, but inside I was an absolute mm-hmm. turmoil. Yeah. This girl, I always remember her name, Susie, and she looks me dead in the eye. She sat right near my desk at the front. She said, sir, are you okay? It's like a genuine question. I responded back to Susie with fine. Yeah, Susie, yeah, I'm fine. And the an acronym for fine, which you want to recognize in your students and also your colleagues is feelings inside, not expressed. Hmm. And I said, those words, fine. I grabbed my whiteboard pen because I can feel this emotion building in me. And I turn away from the group of your 11s and sort of pretend to fake right on the whiteboard because I, that was the moment I had tears rolling down my face in front of the group wow. and crying in front of a group of your 11s. Not really a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I can imagine. However, it was the catalyst when you're at the bottom of the mountain, it was the catalyst for me then reaching out and getting additional support. Okay. And this is why I'm so pumped up about the work that I do now, because it's transforming the mental health of teachers through coaching, but also the students. So again, if you've met someone, you're listening to this, that person that's been really instrumental in your life someone that's been transformative in your life. This guy I met 23rd of April, 2015, had my first ever coaching session. Mm. And I'm big into sports, uh, primarily football, rugby, cricket. Um, and that's what I thought coaching was. I thought coaching was just for sport. Yeah. What transpired was this was the coach, from my mindset, how I felt inside. And on the 23rd of April, 2015, I opened up to someone non-judgmentally about how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And it was a, again, it was a transformational experience for me. I, I learned this one thing, which was to express, don't suppress. Yeah. Because I've been taught like, you know, this classic toxic masculinity that we need to man up, pull your Mm. socks up, guys don't show emotion. What happens is over time, it's like constantly shaking up the Coke bottle without releasing the pressure on the lid. Mm. And it happens in 23rd of April, or sorry, in that year where I just explode in front of the class with emotion. And after this experience with this coach, I walked around Milton Keynes where I'm from. I was living at the time and the whole park I was in, it was like taking sunglasses off on holiday. I mean, it was like bright, vibrant. I felt alive for the first time. And you know what, because I dealt with my inner demons to an extent, right? Very basic surface level to what Mm. I'm doing now. Yeah. Because I dealt with my inner stuff. I just then was able to become a much better teacher. Mm -hmm. I was able to, I went back into school the next day, literally with a spring in my step, ready to serve, ready to help kids. And I I just, I loved it. And I still love teaching. I think it's, I think it's the best job in the world. Yes. There's problems with it, but those moments of helping kids. And I just started to build good relationships.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got good grades, but it was more like the relationship building. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you've, you've seen Nathan, I'm sure. In students and in colleagues, but I saw many students that were struggling when I had this new awareness of, oh, wow, I've improved my mental health a little bit. Yeah. But then there's loads of kids that Mm -hmm. are struggling, and I got frustrated and I wanted to do something about it. Yeah. She wasn't frustrated, it was annoyed, it was angry. I didn't have the training as an NQT, I couldn't even look after myself. There's got to be a different way. Okay. And that was the moment where. I decided to well, become a coach, a counselor, a therapist. I came down on coaching and created a business called Student Breakthrough and became a qualified coach. And yeah. that was back in 2017. So you're you're no longer in the classroom? Yeah, so I, then, I sold a coaching package for I think about 40 quid. And I had this big gutsy, I'm going to go and do it on my own. So I left formal classroom teaching in 2018, mm. although I've been flirting with it. Now and again, I still get into school. I get into schools a lot. Um, Mm. I still teach some history now and again. Yeah. Yeah. I left teaching in 2018 and really struggled again because I was just a teacher no one shows you how to run a business and I was losing money, losing money, couldn't pay my rent. Anxiety was back and uh, I got a supply teaching job
0: Mm.
1: and I was teaching the first world war, get a knock on the door. And this head teacher says, we'd love for you to work and coach our PP and lac students. And it's this first bit of relief that, okay, I've got some money coming in. I'm still doing what I love. I'm I'm coaching, I'm helping these kids with their mental health, with their confidence, and then it just, the last part of the story, really, it just, I've been saying, yes, I said that at the start, family events, podcasts, online courses, teacher training, large assemblies, you name it. Mm -hmm. And the last part of the story is, um, in 2021, a school in North London said, can you train our staff in coaching and. Being totally upfront i'm no guru you know i've still got my, my tough days and at that point in my life i was in a low place so i was in a low place i made this rough and ready pilot scheme all the aim was was to help the teachers learn how to coach kids yeah what i started to see was that this teacher's mental health was skyrocketing they were going through the coaching program using the exercises and that was when the educators coaching academy was born and that's now been in like i say multiple countries internationally dozens of schools in the uk and we're just a very exciting point of bringing coaching into the classroom to help, yes, PE teachers, but also any teachers, anyone that has mm-hmm. those interactions, with students, that wants to level up themselves. So that's, that's my, uh, my little journey. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. It's really um, it's inspirational, actually. And, you know, you talk quite personally and sensitively about your, your journey there. But I think the key message for me that came out was the fact that, not only is it important to look after your own well-being for your, you know, performance and your own identity, but the awareness to see it in others, right? You said there that in looking after your own mental health and, you know, you became a bit more stable, but then you were able to see maybe others that were facing challenges that were similar to yours as well. And that's really quite, quite a powerful thing to consider. So physical education, right, as a subject, what are your thoughts on,
1: on PE? Well, it's vitally important. Um, It's unbelievably important. And the fact that when I left that last school back in 2018, I think they were reducing sports day down or making sports day almost like null and void, you know, because it's all focused on academics. But for PE, it's that chance for kids and students to express themselves in a different way. you know what it's like, Um, I'm currently injured myself and I can't move. And it's very, very frustrating because when we move our bodies, that motion creates the emotion and even if students aren't quote unquote sporty or they don't see themselves in that way, like getting out doing something different, moving your body, Mm -hmm. you know, teaches you so much and gives you those great feelings of, of endorphin release or whatever it is. So yeah, it's, PE's played a vital role in my life and sport has in my life. And I think we need to go back into, to delivering more of it and getting, getting students more active for Mm -hmm. sure in the school and outside. So what does, from your understanding, what does movement do for
0: our, mental health and well-being then.
1: Like I said there, you know, so we we do get wrapped up sometimes in a certain feeling, like I'm not feeling great today or whatever it is. And we can, a lot of the time, we don't even register that. We just go Mm. through the day moment to moment to moment. A moment in science is measured in three seconds. So we go through these moments throughout the day, but we never really pause and think, well, how am I actually feeling right now? And checking in with that and actually asking your students that is super important. Mm. Because once we can check in, we can realize, well, ask yourself this question, what do I need right now? And for a lot of the time, for me personally, talking from my own experience, what I need in those moments and probably what you need in those moments is to change your state and to get out and do something different. Whether that is literally going Mm. on a walk right now on crutches, I'm hobbling around, but still changing my state. You know, you can go and do a big workout, go play sport, whatever. But it's about the 1%, right? And I guarantee, and I surely agree, Nathan, that even just moving your body, even just stretching in that moment will change your state and give you some form of release. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, chemically, but also, yeah, with your mental health, there's, the link is huge. Yeah. Because um, health is wealth, right? A bit of a cringe quote, but it's so true. And the more you can look mm-hmm. after the physical body, the more your mental health can be pulled up alongside it and vice versa.
0: Yeah. So, how many times would you, you know, how many times would you recommend someone to check in on themselves on, you know, daily, hourly? What?
1: what yeah, your there's a great, there's a great, act, there's a great tool I can give the audience right now um, yeah. for this. So it's called mm. Calm. So you might be driving. Don't write this down. But if, you, if you've got a pen, <laughs> you might write this one down. It's called Calm, and uh, it's a great way to check in with students, with yourselves, and actually those 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 moments where you you change from. I know, so you go from school back home. You know, mm-hmm. where do we ever check in with that? We take this energy from the day, and as we know as teachers, the, end of the day it can be quite tough. Yeah, and we take all that energy back to our partners, to our families. And I think just having this, it can take a minute, just to check in before you step through the door, will really shift your energy into just grounding. Okay, I'm not. I'm not teaching now. I'm back in dad mode or partner mode, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the C stands to check in which is what emotion am I currently experiencing? Yeah. Let's do it, Nathan. What emotion are you currently experiencing right now? Um, I'm curious and yeah. excited, actually. Yeah, nice. Okay, Curious and excited. That's good. Um, the A stands for airway, and that is taking a meaningful breath. We have 70,000 thoughts a day. Our brains are constantly whirring, subconsciously, consciously. And the A is the airway. It's like dropping an anchor off the side of a ship lost at sea. Just bring us back into the present. Uh, And that's taking a box breath. So there's many different breathing techniques. I love meditation and uh, breath work. Mm -hmm. And this is breathing into your nose for a count of four. Yeah, It's holding for four. It's exhaling through your mouth for a count of four. And then holding for four. So we can do it together. Mm -hmm. So let's inhale. Two, three four and hold two, three, four and exhale two, three, four and hold two, three, four. And just allow your breathing to come back to normal. So we take a meaningful breath. That's like, okay, reset. And by the way, we want to do that about three to six times. Mm -hmm. And then the L I love, the L stands for let go. And it's really justifying why you're feeling this way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's okay to feel curious and excited yeah. because so yeah, just let's check in with this. So what's making you curious and excited right now? Oh, well, I'm curious about,
0: you know, what you're going to share and, you know, your perspectives and your insights. But with that, I'm also excited about, you know, this podcast episode and the direction that it might take the podcast in the future. Um, Obviously your insights are very different. You're sharing a, Very different sort of dimension uh, to our previous listeners, and you know I think it's going to get people excited to to listen and and you know maybe listen to future podcast episodes. Nice. Thank you for the kind words. They're both quite positive things, right? So, would I have to let go of those if they're if they're not positive?
1: It's just checking in with what the emotion is. It doesn't matter. You can label it positive. Yeah, you can label it positive or negative. It doesn't. You know, let's say, okay, I'm feeling really tired right now. Instead of beating ourselves up sometimes, which is what we sometimes do, right? Okay, I'm feeling tired. Oh, we shouldn't be feeling tired. You should have energy. It's just letting that go. Be like, you know what? I've had a really tough day today, and that's okay. It's okay to feel tired. Mm -hmm. And the M stands for move, right? Linking to this idea of movement, but action. And it's what do I need right now? This this question is so important. If you can gauge the question and just keep checking with this, what do I need right now in this moment? And it could be, I need to have a cup of tea and put my feet up. I need to go on a walk. I need to speak to my partner about what's going on. Right. But what is the action? That's where school support f- struggles. I think when it's usually a counseling approach, I've had counseling, I love it. There's not much action to it. And when mm-hmm. you're, 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 let's say you've, you've got this, this student that is doesn't want to get into, out, out on, the, on the sports field, or you're struggling to connect with them. This is a great process. What, well, you know, just curious, what emotion are you currently feeling right now? Okay, let's just breathe through this. And actually just some, what's making you feel this way? All right, what can we do right now to improve things? Mm. And when we can do this and keep checking with ourselves, it does create this feeling of calm, of ease. And that's really what we want as human beings mm-hmm. is this feeling of peace, of ease, yeah. of comfort. So you can make a conscious choice to do that. And that with your students. a young. From your experience then, are young children
0: able to do that? Because, you know, I'm thinking about the, their development, maturation, different levels through through the school system. And, you know, even myself then when, when asked to think about how I'm feeling right now, it's a question that you're not often asked, let's face it, um, to then think, oh, actually, how am I feeling right now? It can be quite challenging for some people, right? So how do kids react to that?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can do it in different ways. Um, there could be, you know, I've worked with young primary school students and you can ask them, you know, like, um, what color, um, if you had to describe your emotion, like what color would it be? Yeah, they might be yeah. like red, blue, purple, whatever. And yeah. when you feel the color in your body, what shape is it? So you can do like that, but ultimately it doesn't really matter. I'm going to be honest. It doesn't really matter what they're feeling. They could say any generic label because it's just a label, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that, the word just describes an accumulation of thought really and feeling. So they could say anything. Um, but it's about, it's more, the more important thing is them checking in with that and just pausing to see where they're at. So yeah, you can help them set them up in some ways. You you could suggest if you'd like, it's more of the mentor approach. Mm. Um, but the more we can do this, imagine starting a lesson with that. And that was a habit for your class. That'd be super powerful. As a routine, the start of every lesson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, just just an idea. I mean, just imagine if that was built into the school culture, for instance, just having everyone a a pause, just to think, you know, what do I need right now? How am I actually doing? Like, wow, yeah, what a good check in.
0: It is. It really, it really is. And I'm thinking, particularly in physical education context, where they're about to move, they're about to perform some action. If they do that check in and understand how they're feeling, and Perhaps why, and then consider what they need. Then they could put that in action
1: whilst they're moving. Right? I think. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I just want to jump. Sorry to cut you off, but I no, think right. you said something really great there. And I think when they are doing something new activity, which MP can be kind of daunting because they might fail in front of their friends. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing to mention is what you know. What's the intention for the activity? Which is quite a cool thing. So intention is not like a goal. It's. It's sort of like, uh, how you want to show up to the activity, right? What's your intention? The intention could just be to, I'm gonna learn something new today. I'm gonna have some fun today. I'm gonna create something new today, but that, that could be a nice little check-in as well. And what's your intention for the lesson? What's your intention with this activity mm. and actually showing them that what we need to focus on is not the outcome of throwing a javelin, but the process and the learning of the process, because we mm. can't control the outcome. We control the process. So what's your intention right now for learning how to throw the javelin? Because yeah. if it's to be an expert, then you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be getting frustrated. Yeah. If it's actually just to show up and mm. respond to what happens, then that's gonna ease them into it, I think in a, in a more softer way. Mm. I'm really,
0: I'm really glad you said that, if I'm honest, Sam, because there's a lot of work at the minute about um, student voice and and democratic practices in, in physical education. Yes, we have to have those objectives. We have to kind of develop movement competence. And in some schools, there'll be a of learning where, like you said, we've got athletics and we've got these skills that we need to develop. But I think there is potentially a place for having that almost like a separate intention, if you want to call it an intention, as to, yes, this is what we're doing today and the objective we're working towards. But what do you want to get from today's lesson for you right now? Because the objectives of a sequence are, are over time, right? We want to check their progress over time. But in that one lesson, they might be feeling very different to perhaps last week or next week. So what is their intention for that particular lesson? And they could use that, that check in technique, which is, it's given me lots to think about actually.
1: Yeah, I just, I think it as well, it's anything in school, especially PE, because there's so many great lessons to be learned, you know, to be totally honest, it's not about the javelin. It's not about that. It's about what lesson are they learning for themselves personally about understanding a new skill because they're going to fail. I actually get the kids typed up today. I'd be like, I used to have these big letters in my classroom printed out. Failure is a blessing. I had that over my board in huge letters and the head teacher came in and was like, so I need to talk about this. Failure is a blessing thing. Yeah. But it creates a safe space. I remember, um, I was going to share another story there, but Getting the kids up to failure, like, guys, we're going to fail today. We're going to fail throwing the javelin. Who's excited to fail? And, yes, it's just creating more of a safer space for them to engage the activity and not feel like there's this burden that they have to be perfect mm-hmm. or the burden they have to do it correct first time.
0: Yeah, yeah. That failure is a first attempt in learning type message, which, you know, I love. Um, so what other messages are there for, for teachers that you could share?
1: Yeah, I want to keep it really simple. I love mm-hmm. a good acronym. Yeah, uh, this acronym is good. Like yeah, the car one anyway. <laughs> one's good. Uh, Kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I don't want to overwhelm anyone. Um, but the biggest thing I am going to share with you to improve your relationships, with your colleagues, with your partner, with the kids you teach, with your own kids, is this distinction, right? Which is listening to understand and not to reply. Mm. Listening to understand, not to reply because the challenges that I see in schools are usually because everyone's so quote unquote busy rushing around. And I know that's the case, right? I've been there. I experienced classroom teaching. I know what it's like, but we're rushing around all the time. We don't actually have a pause and just listen and connect to those young people and even ourselves. Right. So listen to understand ourselves, because a lot of the time we're in this backward listening of Mm -hmm. not really thinking about the person in front of us, you know, thinking about, what can I say to keep the conversation going? If you're working with a student, I mean, I've been there and done it, by the way, totally ignore what they're saying and just spoon feed them some generic solution from your own life experience. Yeah. Now I'm sorry I'm sure to many say people like-
0: people can relate to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. Mm. Um, but I'm going to be totally honest. They don't want your advice. And actually that's why people don't go away and then action that because they haven't had the insight for themselves, right? Awareness precedes change. So mm-hmm. until you have the awareness of what's going on for you, then you can't actually go away and change. That's why if Nathan, you tell me to do something, I'm like, well, yeah, I get that intellectually, but it's not in my being. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, we talk a lot in, in, in these backward conversations, which is great. It doesn't really serve the other person. But the thing to practice here is actually listening to understand. Yeah, And how we do that is by removing our own agenda. A bit like if we've got, I'm going to use a sport analogy here, don't know why i thought of this i don't ice skate but imagine there's a a skate a figure skater on the ice mm-hmm. and we're all in a stadium and we just all our attention is on this one bigger skater, right how they're moving their body they're spinning in the air maybe even how they're breathing yeah and that's the attention we put on this person it's like the figure skater distinction of we are just watching this person in full how they're showing up and, and doing and breathing and things like this and any keywords they use and the biggest thing here is then to become a heart with ears. So imagine taking your heart, yeah. putting it up into your ears, and then giving that person that much empathy, that much like consideration and focus. And when we do that, people feel valued, heard, respected, understood. So just let's backtrack here. So we've got all the awareness on there, becoming a heart with ears. And then the next thing is to back that up. With a really insightful question, an open question, not a solution, not a share from your past. You can actually ask them in this moment Hey, Nathan, do you want my advice or do you want to be listened to? Phenomenal question to ask anyone because we're so quick to say, Oh, yeah, this is what happened to me. People don't want that. They want to be validated. And mm-hmm. we validate by actually checking in and asking, You know, well, are there a follow up question or what do you want from me right now? And then the last thing to build on this emotional intelligence when you're listening, just ask yourself again, what emotion is this person experiencing right now? That's how Mm. we build emotional intelligence. What emotion is this person going through right now? And then finally, give them some acknowledgement and praise for sharing. So we've all been given two ears and one mouth, most of us. So we should be doing double the amount of listening as we do talking. Mm. We all, most of us can be given the gift of hearing. So hearing is a you know, physiological phenomenon most of us can hear mm. but listening is a psychological act so listening takes that deeper level and if you want to improve relationships it's not actually about communicating or, or talking more it's talking less and increasing that listening and it will transform your relationships with students your parents your kids and your colleagues as well
0: mm. that's um really powerful how do we without asking understand how someone's feeling in terms of that emotional intelligence piece that you said about you know being aware of how they're feeling when you're listening to them is it, it can become quite awkward kind of in the conversation like before you start talking to me how are you feeling today or like how do we go about doing that and particularly with young children
1: yeah well, that, that question of how are you feeling today was actually I, I didn't make that clear it's a check-in with your brain just in, with you internally so right. when you're listening to them, because empathy is putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. Now, it takes imagination. So all we're doing here is just when you're chatting to that student, it's just subtly in the back of your mind thinking, what, what emotions is this student going through? What, what, what are they feeling right now in themselves? Right. Because we can make a pretty good guess as educators. You know, 70% of our communication is body language and non-verbal yeah. cues. And if you're a teacher, you're pretty good at this. You're pretty good at reading people. Mm-hmm. So it's just pausing for yourself and thinking, what's this person going through? Um, and the other thing is not get fobbed off by people. Again, I fobbed off Susie at the start of my talk and in, in this podcast recording, she was like, sir, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm fine. I was not fine. I was in absolute pieces. So again, it's just getting really curious. And mm. if you can, if you know the student well or the person just say, no, no, I'm serious. Oh. Like, how are you today really? Yeah, I've done this with people all in different walks of life. Mainly uh, in uh, service stations, I like doing this. How are you doing today? Generic UK response, not bad, fine. I'm like, cool, thanks for sharing. But like, no, how are you really doing? I've had some tough responses just from people I don't even know. But I know in that moment of being a heart with ears for them as they make my subway, which is the last encounter this happened, (laughs) bless her. You know she probably got a one two percent release of that and the more we can listen to understand that's what i mean not just fob get fobbed off or fob people off you know how are you really doing today connect really listen and that will help everyone's mental health in the school community yeah so if you reflect back to that susie conversation would you have told susie how you were feeling now now i would maybe not the same level I, i did an event on this once about how vulnerable we are with students yeah right because it's you know it's a tricky one isn't it uh when it comes to our vulnerability um i mean if i was going back into the classroom now i'd i'd probably share my whole story with the students like straight up yeah yeah. um like i've done with you here Mm. and i would have said to susie yeah you know what i'm struggling today I'm not feeling so good but here's the important thing right when we do this for students yes it's saying i'm struggling i'm not feeling so good but here's the gold <laughs> this is how i'm doing something about it okay and that's what i would change now i'd be like yes yeah, you're not feeling so good but actually i'm going to take some time out for myself because when i was in that victimhood i didn't have the consciousness or the awareness of what i really yeah. needed yeah um so yeah be vulnerable with students share your failures share your setbacks but also show the inspiration of this is how Mr. Walker, Mr. Moyner whatever. This is how I got over it. This is how I did it. Yeah. So you'd actually almost like role model the the calm sort of process
0: that you go through to show them a method of how they could deal with a similar situation. Um, yeah, for sure. That, so that, it's like yeah. letting
1: them in, letting them into showing that you're a human being. I remember Ben Stokes did this, 2019 Cricket World Cup. I know cricket's gone downhill a little bit over the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, so If you're not a cricket fan, don't worry. But... Cricket World Cup, England are favourites, home World Cup. We're smashing it, win the first few games, and then we lose two games, I think one mm. to Australia. And the wheels look like they're coming off. And they get a sports psychologist in, and they've got the whole group in a circle, which is very important, mm-hmm. everyone's eye contact. And Ben Stokes, captain of the white, captain, no, not captain then, it was Owen Morgan, but Ben Stokes, best player we've got. Yeah. Shares in front of the group. Guys, I'm really, really nervous about letting everyone down. And in that moment, now the players, younger junior players start opening up about their, they're feeling nervous and it's this collective sort of nervous suffering, but what it does is means that, wow, you know what? We all haven't got it together and that's okay. Let's take the pressure off. Same when you're working for a student, ah, cool. Mr. Walker's not some sort of like robot that can just, you know, he's actually a human being and he's been through it and he's actually pretty inspirational for getting over that. They might not say that to you, but it will land.
0: Yeah wow that's amazing so relationships are are incredibly important yeah you talked about building relationships with learners with colleagues with with everyone you possibly can through empathetic listening and and you know taking time to think about how you're feeling i would encourage everyone listening to this podcast if you are listening thank you very much to do that today to do Sam's calm technique to consider listening with, you know, the heart with ears and and actually, you know, trial that and see how you feel. Um, because I certainly am going to. Um, I feel it's something that we need to do a bit more often. Um, Sam, if you could summarise your key messages for the listener um to take away from today's episode, how would you how would you do that? It's a tricky one.
1: (laughs) That is a tricky one. Uh, Okay, I'll go back to my favorite quote. Now, when I left teaching, this one landed with me big time. And I think it's a summary of the the whole episode, which it's easy to build strong children than to repair broken adults. It's easy to build strong children than to repair broken adults. And the more you can bring compassion, love, empathy and in my case, coaching into the, into the classroom, the more people are going to be at, better understand themselves and therefore they're going to grow in resilience and not have those problems when they're adults. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'd learned this stuff as a student or even as a teacher, if I had more support as a teacher, I wouldn't have got to the point of crying in front of a gl- group of children. So the more we can actually self-regulate and check in with ourselves, the easier, the more happier, the more content we'll be. And the best thing about this is a lot of this stuff that, we share it at the Educators Coaching Academy. The teachers love it because it's instigated straight away. It's very fast to instigate. The tools we share with staff, the techniques we share. You know, we keep it simple, stupid. We kiss, skip <laughs> we don't kiss, but we keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Caveat there. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? It's it's not, you know, it's not too in-depth. It's just something that lands really well. Mm. Lands really well. And If you're a teacher listening to this and you're feeling a little bit low, a little bit lost, do reach out and get some support because the better you can show up for yourself, the better you'll show up at work. But you know, you're not just a teacher, you're a, you're a partner, a brother, a friend, and those people need you just as much as your kids. So I know it's scary. I know it's tough, but just remember this, like true courage is not the size of your biceps. In my case, serving your country or being captain of a team or a leader, true courage, is having the strength to be vulnerable when you're not feeling so good. And that's the most important thing to take from this episode.
0: Sam, I've loved it. I've I've loved it. So many powerful messages for our our listeners. Um, Where can can people
1: find you? They can find me. um, Yeah, they can find me on – so my website is hello – sorry, ecatraining.com. That's the ECA website. There's also studentbreakthrough.com. So ECA training.com, studentbreakthrough.com. Um, Instagram's going pretty good at the moment. That's at studentbreakthrough. Yeah. And you can find me on LinkedIn where I do most of my posts, which is my name's Sam Moyni. Yeah. Um, but please do reach out, connect. We train teachers all across the world in coaching. We can help you with your mental health and really skyrocket your own growth. So please do reach out and connect. It'd be great to meet you uh, after this episode.
0: Yeah. I think it's you, you've well and truly earned that plug at the end of the episode with, with the content you shared today, Sam. So thank you so much. Um, thanks for taking the time to join me on the pod.
1: No worries. Thank you so much, Nathan. I've
0: really loved it. Cheers. It's been brilliant.